Okay, so this is probably going to be one of the most boring conversations of your life, and I uh, really neglected, like, the idea of having a project like this, because I thought it was really, like, self-indulgent and dumb, but back on the bandwagon, and why the fuck not? Um, talking to DJ Lucas. Hey. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm good. Is my, like, volume good? Is that gonna Your be, volume like, is really good, yeah. Okay, sweet. So cool. are you, you in, for, yeah. Thank you for having me. I've We're, listened to the other uh, podcast you did. You listened to the one with my priest? Mm-hmm. It was he, really cool. He is so intelligent. Um, he baptized me and he answers like all of my crazy, like existential questions and has to deal with it. Cause that's just no, that was cool. That's cool. Cause I'm just always listening to like music related things. So it was nice to listen to something non true crime or music related. I don't understand the true crime obsession. I feel I'm, like it's so stressful. I'm, I'm part of it. I'm part of the true crime obsession. I don't know. I let it, it goes in one out, you're not the other. I don't think too much about it. I feel bad <laughs> for those people because like, I know that I have like tendencies within me that obviously aren't perfect, but. And like, you don't think you like, could just get obsessed with true crime? No, not true. Like, I mean, so I'm trying to think of. No, like beyond that, I mean, like having the desire to like want to hurt someone or do something really terrible. Like, obviously, I don't think the people who who act on those, who who have the who act on those impulses, like want to be that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think they just struggle with like isolating themselves from the rest of society, which is what they have to do. But yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. It's there's there's such negative and dark psychological aspects of it all. But that's why, like, I think it's. It's like how it's packaged and it's kind of, I don't know. I'd just be watching like, uh, like American, uh, like crime, you know, murder here, like five minute breakdown synopsis. Okay. That's what happened in Iowa. Moving on to Minnesota now, to Pennsylvania, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I try not to think about these people too hard to remember their names. There was this British murderer who like received, who like converted while he was on death row. And he's like, he was made a saint in the Catholic church. I don't know who I'm talking about in particular, but. Well, that's, that's a crazy story. You're a Quaker, right? Yeah. My, um, my, uh, great grandmother is like the, the Quaker I remember, but I was, I grew up in the Quaker meeting house and my mom went to Quaker high schools and my grandpa was like Quaker by blood, I suppose, but he was like less practicing and then eventually became the clerk of the meeting house and, and. They were some sort of other Christianity, and then they went back to being Quaker. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty Quaker, but I'm not that practicing. I just be talking about it because no one else does, I guess. Is it? And it's part of my identity for sure. Definitely a big part of my identity growing up. I feel like there was a time in elementary school when I knew where the Quakers were from. Like, is it Pennsylvania or is it Massachusetts? It's both. Um, but Pennsylvania was uh, where. William Penn came and you know oh my gosh yeah yeah William Penn (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he was a Quaker and um Massachusetts's Quakers were kind of persecuted up there so they had probably they eventually settled in Nantucket mostly weirdly enough and then uh yeah they kind of just traveled everywhere I think they were so non-violent possibly and uh, they were just kind of getting beat up at everywhere it seems like they just kept having to move around but they they lived everywhere in America The, the they went from Pennsylvania to North Carolina to the Midwest in the Appalachian area to the Midwest pretty much. So you're from Mass and 
Mm -hmm. Massachusetts has the best public schools in the country. And it also like hosts some of the best university in the, universities in the country. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's all about education. Yeah, it is. And um, what was that like? Did it make you want to like die of stress or did you not really care? Uh, I had a, I guess, I, I went to like, um, a pri I grew up in Boston until I was in third grade. I, like I don't want to say city? Boston. No, no, that, exactly. I, 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 grew, I was born in Alston, which is technically Boston proper, but I went to Cambridge Friends School pretty much. I lived in Arlington, Waltham, Needham, all these little towns um, in the suburbs. And then went to Cambridge Friends School, which was a Quaker school, weirdly enough. Um, and then eventually moved to Amherst and went to continue to go to private schools um, and public schools. Went to Amherst Public Elementary Schools in fourth grade. And I went to Amherst Public High School for a year, but I ended up dropping out in 10th grade. So I, I would say that, um, and then I went, to, I went to Hampshire College without a high school diploma or GED. Uh, I got a GED after I dropped out of college. Um, so I just had a very non-traditional schooling experience. Um, and I think that Massachusetts gives a lot of opportunity for different schooling experiences. I guess that was my, uh, my, uh, what's the word? My experience with it was, um, was that, was that there, there was all this non-traditional like homeschooling also and like, um, yeah. Waldorf schools and like, uh, uh, there's a school called North Star, like self-directed learning and you go get a job. And they show you how to get your GED. <laughs> yeah. So, did you think it, you would like, so when you dropped out, did you think like I'm going into the trades or I have a job lined up or did you like know? No. Work I, yeah, I grew up in like a musical household and um, my parents both um, worked in the arts independently. So my mom booked movie theaters and she was pretty successful. She still is. Um, she's very successful now. Um, and uh, my dad. Wait, hold on, hold on. When you say book movie theaters, you mean like she represents, like art house movies? cinemas, art cinemas. Oh, okay. So like, um, I don't know how many she has now, but when I was growing up, there was only like two or three that she represented, and now she represents lots, like fifteen or something like that. But they're all small, little hipster town, you know, stuff in. Yeah. I don't even want to say where they are because I can't remember. The Amherst Cinema, where we live, where I, where I'm from, she books that one. So stuff like that. Um, so I always was just seeing like my mom make money um, off of the arts. So I guess yeah. I knew that was possible. That was normal, like going to like a, a, a film opening as a little kid or whatever and just kind of being around that. So that was work for mom. So and then my dad was a musician and then he worked for my mom. So um, that was it, you know. I don't so think I, you get how unusual that is. I know I didn't know how unusual that was until I was older like it, that's why I, it's funny like I always want to say like oh just like a regular family but I, it wasn't regular in the way that like you know it, there's a lot to say but I was in you know bands when I was very young and my dad would bring us to clubs and we'd open up for you know grown adults at like 12 13 years old and we'd have to sit in the green room for six hours and they wouldn't let us out of the bar you know what I mean because it'd be 2009 at this point the did I lose you? World, it kind of changed. I, I think know, I like even today, I have this like ugly feeling within me that if you're not focusing on something that can either be like immediately transacted, like that it's a, that's, it's so ugly. And I hate to say it because like, I understand the value. I mean, like, you know, like Martin was trying to like convey 
that music has not only like a, a sentimental value, but like a, a financial value when he, with the Wu-Tang situation. And like, I think that's so, it's so true, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think there's this like, of course, and it's like a tale as old as time that like parents don't want their kids to pursue something creative because there aren't any jobs unless you like pave your own way. But what's funny is that my parents fully put me in a position to be a musician. But as I grew up, um, they started to be, you know, my, never my dad. My dad was pretty much a punk. Um, and my mom was from that lifestyle as well, from new wave um, punk lifestyle of 80s Boston. Both my parents were from that. So uh, my mom was a little bit more. Do they um, like Joy Division? Into me being. That's not punk. That's like post-punk. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's the world. That's the world. That's the world they like, though. Um, they really like, you know, like, uh, Gang of Four. I'm trying to think of bigger bands. Who Screwed Do? And, um, but all the stuff that people like, too. The big bands, the Beatles, and all that stuff. That's what they grew up on, too. Um, so they wanted but, to make yeah, my mom, cool my mom, son. Yeah, but I think they also wanted me to be, like, there's a side of my family that's these Quakers that are studious and that, yeah. that kind of to the book and kind of pedantic. And, and I was kind of supposed to do have that part of me and I never had that part of me um I had too much of my dad's side which was the more punk rebellious um so even growing up in this wonderful environment with the art you know I still rebelled against that you know you're gonna rebel no matter what so I rebelled against my parents wanting to give me music so and then I'm going into hip-hop you know from whatever yeah. their whole influence of like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and da 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 and all this folk music and, and punk and then you know, we're growing up in our generation with hip hop as being like the main sorts. And I seen it as like, I'm never going to make money as a punk band. Like I can't do this forever. There's no way I could. Okay. Like, yeah. Wait, so... I want to talk about this. So it does not make a whole lot of sense demographically for you to be making rap, but it seems like you, do you only make rap or is it just like the bulk of what you make? I think it's just, I think of myself as like an artist and then, rap is what the form the output it took for a second like I, I just i guess i fell in love with like the true rap art form the whole like lyrics and writing 16 bars and like i'm kind of old school in that sense i'm 27 so i was born 93 so i still had a little bit of that era of hip-hop of jay-z and stuff so i fell in love with that pretty young like 10 11 12 just like a lot of kids in the suburbs did on the radio and from people's older sisters and carpools and things like that yeah um but the the pretty the prettier average, I had the average hip hop experience of any I would say white suburban person, um, where it was just sort of around at school. Carter three. Yeah, exactly. Carter <laughs> three. Exactly. Like, you know, the same kind. And then and then going back into Three Six Mafia and all this stuff, and and checking out Oh Cool and seeing these things and and realizing you had seen people in movies and you know things like that. But uh, it, it just became normal after we saw Odd Future, that's fully what it was. Odd Future was yeah. relatable um, for suburban kids. Um, and especially in 10th, 9th grade, when you're a big group of boys and girls, whatever, artistic group, um, you see that and you're like, oh, we could do that. And they're not, and you're like, they're just raw. We're raw, like we're just kids too. We could, if they could do it. So, you know, it's different to see 50 Cent, you know, you can't really um, relate to that. But then, uh, 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 Odd Future comes out, so like your little skater kid in the suburbs, you're like, this this is cool, you know, I could do this. See, I like, I listen to rap or hip hop like almost exclusively when I need energy, 
or like when mm -hmm. I'm working or when I'm about to work out. But I feel like I kind of tuck it away when I'm not because I want to focus on being email. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I don't know. Do, do you like largely listen to hip hop or do you not? I think of, I don't, I don't, I have a problem. Like I don't listen to anything for pleasure. Really. I don't really listen. Like I'll love, love a song. I don't really listen to it. Like I, I'm always searching for something. I'm like a full adventurer in every sense. So it's like with music in a huge way, the same way you'd be like, I get to one cool town. You want to go to the next or you find one mountain. You want to find the next bigger one. Like, I'm, I just want to find the next rapper from wherever Kansas, the next thing from this. It doesn't have to be rap or anything. I just, I'm one of those, you know, it's never new enough. It's always got to be. So that's sort of the sickness. Like that. That's, that's where it aligns in the sense that like, I'm always, I have a great work ethic in that sense where it's like, I, I have no choice but to, <laughs> because it's just like, I have all these energy in my brain. I have to somehow release I am the exact opposite. I will like find a band or a song that I like and like cradle that shit for like years. Like for, have you heard of the band yeah. Catfish and the Bottle Men? You know of Interpol mm -mm. though. Yes. So when I say that my obsession with Interpol has kind of like reached an unhealthy point, like dear God, have I listened to Stella Was a Diver like probably 10 million times this month. Interpol is, that was big for, for me and, and like, Oh nine. Actually, can you talk, please? Go. Wait, hold on. No, this, this, hold this, on, that whole era. hold on, hold on. One of the bands that was big then for me. I, I don't even like the strokes. I don't think they like communicate what they are attempting to communicate, if that makes any sense. Like I don't the strokes, like, the strokes are good, but but there's better. Bands. I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't think they're good. I think every single song sounds the same. Um I don't like I just don't think they're sentimental. I think they're good, I think like, drunk. I think they're, they're good, like, really well marketed. Music. They're really yeah. well marketed. It's a lot of the stuff has to do with marketing. If you think about it, like, you know what I mean? The best music isn't, isn't supposed to be well marketed. That's how I feel. You feel me? Like the best music couldn't be well marketed in some ways. Cause it's like, if it is, then you lose what was great about it sometimes, unfortunately, like there's, there's whether we want to or not, we cannot detach our emotions from music. You know, there isn't music without you hearing it. So it doesn't exist without an opinion. That's that's what's really, is I've taken a lot of, you know, uh, uh, when I did go to college, I took a lot of like sound theory classes, but that's something that's very much interests me because um, I, I don't know. I'm starting to get it in. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I was gonna ask you about this too. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin like, do you have to just, like, when you, I mean, of course, your methodology is your own, and then everyone, it's unique for each person, I, I suppose, like, Eminem had the whole nine to five mentality, like, treat it like a job, because, like, you're trying to get paid at the end of the day from it, best case scenario. Yeah. But, right, but, like, if you don't see it as that, and you don't have a trust fund. If you don't see it like that, you can't, um, well, yeah, trust fund. Even if you have a trust fund, you have to still have that mentality because it's not about having money. Um, you could be popping on Instagram the whole time if you just have a trust fund. And you could maybe every year or every two years drop a hit. And because you have a trust fund, because you have mad money, you can invest in your stuff more than other people. So, of course, you're going to have a better shot. But that said, I, I think that there are people that have a great moment and people make great music all, all over the place and all times. But to have a great career and to be respected as an artist 
for years or a decade, you need to have that mentality of looking at it like a job. Like there is no other way. Cause I, all I see is people, people who don't look at like a job, they might pop, but it's only going to be for so long because there's someone else coming for your spot. And if you're not looking at like it, like a job, it's like basketball. It's like, you can be really good at basketball. It could be nice, but if you don't get in the gym every day, still there's someone else next year who's coming for you, you know? And that's kind of how music is. Yeah, but um, if you're forced to make it, then it doesn't touch the right heartstrings. Yeah, but it's not about the music always being forced to make the music. It's not about, okay, now I have to make 500 songs this year. It's about working smart and applying what makes sense. And sometimes it's like people are just like, oh, I don't want to listen to the fans. Or sometimes people listen to the fans too much. It's like there's a balance of all of that. You want to do what feels natural, but also you want to do what makes people feel happy. So it is very complicated, I suppose, but... Um, I guess I had a really long time to practice with it before other people may have. Like, I feel like I've been on stage since I was a little kid. Like, you know, I quit, I quit music at seven, you know, I quit at seven. So this is my second career already. <laughs> I, my dad likes to bring it up always that I already quit once I walked off stage at some shows. I quit. But so. yeah, and also, I think it's sad. I think that's sad, don't you? There's something really sad about that because you can't. Mo I mean, there's that like Scarlett Johansson screen grab of her saying like, "I wish I, I had artistic talent because I have stuff to express. I just don't know how to." And like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I feel that myself. I, but I just truly have no. Um, I don't like I don't know what has to happen and like what things have to be organized in your life so that you're like okay I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start translating my feelings into a sound and then I'm going to do that on a routine basis and like that sounds like really abstract but it takes time and money and like other people's willingness to like invest in what you're doing too because it takes I mean your situation is unique because you don't need a band and maybe that's do you, do you like that about rap and like production? Yeah. Yeah. So I was always in bands and I loved bands, but I have an insane, you want to call it work ethic or whatever you call it. I have an insane lifestyle. Like I, I, I'm constantly thinking about art and music and ways to make money off of art and music and yeah. how to sustain my life and just constantly keep going. So bands are great. And I've had amazing band members, including my brother and people who are all like dark world family and so on since the beginning. But it's just juggling. Um, it's never even really juggling egos for me, but it's more about juggling just, just people's schedules and, and, and not having the same goals and the same aspiration. Um, or just, or just, I want to do it alone. Like there it's, it's easier. You know, I've been someone, what I'm blessed with is that I have the opposite of the perfectionist. Like, so a lot of people drop music or they can't drop music. They make a billion songs and it's never done. It's never perfect. Like I could give, I could, I could care less really. Cause I'm like, you guys hear what, what it's supposed to sound like pretty much. Like, okay, like, so what if it's a little off? Like, that's how I think. So most people don't think that way. Most people think like, oh, it's gotta be perfect. They drop their music and it gets 10 views. They, they get sad and they delete it. They try again. You know, they want to get 2000 views the first night. Like the only way you're getting 2000 views the first night is if you drop a hundred videos to get 10 views the first time. You know what I'm saying? You're introducing a like a, a facet of this world that I have no understanding of, which is like marketing the music. Um, yeah, and it's just there's a lot of people who are just like I'm a I could be a rapper, I could be a musician, and they want to put out the music, and then they get no views and they get depressed about it. It's like 
don't get depressed about it. Keep putting out music. You know what I mean? Like, why why would anyone? There's so much music to be listened to. Well, it's all networking. No. Kinda. It kinda isn't. Oh my god, is it? Oh my god, is it? No, it 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 is. Especially okay because New York is so small and Instagram is so. I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain world that is very insular and connection based, but there's a billion different worlds within music that are all network. Yes. I guess it is all networking, all who, you know, to an extent, but it's not, not if you want to, there's so many different ways. Yeah. It's, it's but like if you want to play at Webster hall, even in the basement of Webster hall, not fucking Webster hall. What's, what's, what's the one that I'm thinking of? Mercury lounge. What's there's a basement and then there's a, a bigger venue. Terminal five. No, that's huge. Whatever. But that's not even like what people Okay. So I, I don't, is that like this isn't like this isn't like the recipe for like a perfect We're talking about two different goals. You're talking about like being as monetarily successful as possible in whatever lane you're in. And I feel like my ideal and like result for any musical venture would be like emo Jonathan Fire Eater die of suicide at four, 43. You know what I mean? Like the Yeah, no, absolutely. Track. But what's what's cool is this. I think I took my that punk I think what what makes me different is I and, and this is true for a lot of people honestly, but maybe I did it different somehow. But I took my punk mentality from DIY shows and going to these houses and calling people on the phone and calling clubs since I was a kid and saying, Hey, I'll come play your show for a hundred dollars. Give me a hundred dollars. And they say, okay, I'll come play your house in Worcester in New Brunswick, New Jersey and Montclair, you know, wherever I'll, I'll come play it for $200. And then they'd be like, we don't, we're not, you're not gonna get $200. You can just, play <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, cool. And, and I did that with, with bands. That's what people do with bands for the most part. That's how the whole, you know, the, the band culture works. So I did that with hip hop and a lot of people did that with hip hop, but I, I did it heavy. I, I get in my car alone and I drive to all these cities, you know, and I play and then I meet 50 people to show and I follow them all on Instagram and I talk to them and it's like, Oh, really overwhelming yeah. at the end of the day. But it's also like, fuck that shit. Like that's what else I only, you only live once. Like that's, I guess that's what I do. Like, you know what I mean? It's just how it's happened. <laughs> no, you represent yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly. It's like, and so I just go to these places and do it. And some people are afraid to put that seven people are at their show in Texas online, but that's how the bigger, bigger, big artists are lying to you. You know, they're not that big when they go to play Texas, there's only seven people there too. And when they go to play Spokane, Washington, there's only five people there as well. You know? So it's like, <laughs> they're just not showing you that show. What artists are you like drawn to right now? Like who do you think is currently making music that is like me- meaningful? Not meaningful, but just, I mean, I don't think that's... No, that's a great, that's a great, no, that's a great question. Like, just that, that I, that I'm, that I'm, feel like is pushing boundaries. Maybe, yeah, or, exactly. Or is, is, um, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything off rip. I listen to the radio, you know, I like, like pop music. I was listening to the radio to get hook ideas and stuff, but I can't, there's nothing that comes to my mind. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not really listening to music. Hey dad, you be quiet. <laughs> are you home and are you in mass? Yeah, I'm at my parents' house right now. I'm back home. I was wondering what dog was barking. If it was the, if it, Bubba or the other ones. 
No, there's three dogs here. There's Bubba and two other dogs, my parents' <laughs> dogs. <laughs> uh, music that's pushing, it's tough right now. It's, it, it's so saturated. Everyone's making so much music, it's hard for me to say. But there's a lot of music going on, like um, the whole hyper-pop scene. Or, it's just, genres kind of suck as a name, you know? But there's, there's stuff going on. There's a lot of cool um, dance music going on. Oh, let me go liberate my dog, I think. She, hold on, just one second. For sure. I'm going to tell my dog to be quiet, too. Is Bubba well behaved? He is. He's become very well behaved. We we brought him to uh, puppy classes and. Rosie is insane. She's insane. I don't want to pay fifty bucks for someone to like beat her. Not that they're gonna. Beat <laughs> no, her, but... <laughs> do you have? Do you use a joke collar? No. No. Do you? <laughs> yes. It works. Yes. She but has a beat when she barks. Being... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, you know, joke. You can do the joke collar without hurting it. You know, it's like kind of just you kind of just annoy them. I don't know. What kind of dog is it? She's a Cocker Spaniel Pitbull mix. She's she's interesting. Um, <laughs> so I think I have found that like I have been unable to like get really into a band unless I'm very attracted to the lead singer and there's like it becomes like a blur. I hope do you hear the background? Like the cars whirring in the back? No, I don't. Cool. Like there's a I like there's a blur at the at the interlap between oh this guy is just really hot and he happens to have a band so I'm gonna delve deeper into his music and like wow this music is actually good um, and I've been doing that literally since MGMT and Angie Van Weingarten like that was the <laughs> precipice at which I'm like okay men are attractive. And some men have bands. And, like, you can explore men's, like, psyche through their music. And, like, literally from there is just, like, like, King Cruel. So hot for him. Um, like, Jake Bug. I don't know if you, who, if you know who he is, but, like, so hot for him. And, like, literally it hasn't freaking stopped. And I just, like. So what's the question, though? Like. <laughs> the the question is like I, this is this probably sounds like disconnected, but how much of like the music that you make do you think is meant to be um, like a reflection of you versus like a means of attracting other people? And that sounds really strange, but no, that's a great question. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I like. <laughs> the insightfulness um um i think that's i think that it's like think about interpol like do you actually think that those men were so i think brooding? it's a full mix can you hear me yeah do you hear me i pull you out no now i can't hear you do you hear me do you hear me uh, yeah it's my bad it was my bad idiot. okay sorry you can cut things out but well, that's a great question but um it's a mix of both i feel like rap especially i feel like with when i wrote rock lyrics i didn't think about myself at all it was like weird poetic like mumbo jumbo i was also way younger 
I was like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, making rock. So it'd be more like I'm trying to be, you know, when you're a kid, you're trying to sound cool, I think, to an extent. If you're making music, you're like, here's what other people do. But now... You were, what, 16? Yeah, literally 11 to 20. Yeah, so what do you know when you're 20? I guess it's a different story. But like making rock when you're 25 is different. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm not making rock at 25. If I am making rock or music now, I'm more interested in like uh, like storytelling, like, no, I don't want to say country, but you know what I mean, like folky, like, like you, you've probably heard some of the stuff I've done more where yeah. I'm kind of like, it's almost kind of satirical, but not really. It's more like 50s inspired and 60s inspired, like, um, but yeah, I think it's a mix of both. And I think rap lends itself in general to being sort of a strange genre as far as what you're talking about you know you, it's a lot of lyrical content and it's a lot less abstract usually it's a lot more specific than other art forms i'd say so um at least not always but sometimes it's it's usually hip-hop is usually more specific like here's what i'm doing or here's what's going on and it's less abstract whereas rock is kind of like just saying things i think a lot of times not just saying things but you know what i mean like painting a picture in a different way um, but I think that it's like, a, I think it's like a, 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 a cartoonish um, explanation of myself sometimes, you know, I think there's exaggerated. That's exact, yeah. But I think that that's what any great marketing or any great, um, that's what captivates people. You know, it's like anything, like if, if someone's good looking, they're going to get themselves to look better. You know what I'm saying? Or if someone's funny, they're going to be a comedian and try to be really funny. So it's like, you do what you're good at and you show what you're, what's interesting. So I've found these little motifs and these shticks about myself and my community and where I'm from. And I've been able to exaggerate on some of them, but also just, um, yeah, I, I just kind of use those things as a rock for my creativity as well. I hope I'm not, I mean, something just like clicked in my head that like it was all a sales ploy all along. <laughs> no, <laughs> like no, it probably not a- was. No, it probably was. Think about it. Like why would any band or why would any, um, I don't even know how the music industry works. Well, I think that's I think that's a I think that's a good uh, way you can think about it 100%, but like there's definitely that moment in my head that clicked like, "Whoa, I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to push it and I'm going to advertise myself this way." Yeah. So you could call it a business thing, but I think any artist that has got and that's what I'm saying about 6 months versus a career. You could be a great musician and make great music, but making great music isn't everything. You can't just make great music for you 10 years. You have to be years. a good salesperson too. Yeah, or you have to figure out how to distribute it or how to make it attractive. Be yeah, so why do you lead pick singers? That's why there's lead it. singers are attractive. Um, because I think that at that point I knew that my name wasn't going to be what drew people in, and so I said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to be DJ Lucas. I'm not going to try to." Names are a huge thing, especially bands. That stuff. Like, what's your band name? No, but why didn't you for? just go as Lucas Kendall? Um, because I wanted to just be. Okay, I would MC, if you remember that era, like MC Chris and all these MC this and that, it was kind of more nerdy. Um, so I didn't want to be MC Lucas. That would be like very, um, <laughs> I guess, just very suburban feeling, uh, for lack of a better word. It was like MC Lucas, like it's some really like, so DJ Lucas, I was making beats and I was making a lot of dance music. I was extremely inspired um, in between. There was a big moment in between for our generation, for my age, like 27 and 26 year olds, where it went from, rock and punk sort of to like witch house and like Salem, if you remember them, death grips and all that stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went from that, a lot of people transitioned just into hip hop from that. And that was sort of the first 808 music they may have listened to death grips and Salem. 
And then they kind of from there went into, okay, I'm listening to Gucci Mane now. So that, because, you know, Salem had Gucci Mane remixes. So this was the first time a lot of these suburban people listened to Gucci Mane, um, to be honest. And, and Odd Future is the first time a lot of people heard MF Doom. And, you know, so all these things were being recycled and people were hearing this stuff for the first time, if you had missed it on the first go around. Um, but DJ Lucas was just, I wanted to keep it simple. And I was listening to DJ Nate and DJ Paul and all these guys. And I was like, that's cool. I'm DJ Lucas. That's some. How separate do you feel from like the character that is DJ Lucas? Now I'm, I, unfortunately, there's no separation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think you know that's what I mean? good. Like the tonal, the tonal expression of like, this like, honestly, like hyper-intellectual rural yet like digital cart- cartoonish figure you know what i mean yeah I, like why, I, why'd you land on that like i don't think that's is that how you feel, see yourself you know what i mean like i think that's a big question of art because it's so permanent that it's, no it's not it's not how i saw myself <laughs> at all growing up and it's not but it, it, i think it's who i was in some ways you know what i'm saying i think that the same way i'm saying it's a mix of maybe a projection and who i am um it, I think there was also aspects of who who I am is my is my opinion of who I am. You feel me? So there may be parts of who I am that I don't always see, like where I'm from, like being living on a farm. I never thought of myself as a farm person because when you're from here, you don't think about it until you go to New York City and then all your friends come out here and they're like, dude, what the fuck is going on? You know, uh, legalized recreational marijuana is what's going on. No, but but even before that, there was it was like we're playing basketball on a barn and the cow is escaping, you know, it, it, it was, that's the, it's, it's a little bit of an in-between. It's not Iowa, but it's, there's family farms here, you know, and it's a big part of the culture. So there's things that I then played off of. Like, I know a lot about this stuff. I know a lot about this farm stuff. I might've not been the farm. My parents aren't the farmers, but I'm, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? This is my, this is my stuff. So I'm going to talk about it for them too. Cause they want to listen to some music about farm stuff. They think this shit's hilarious. No, it is. They can relate to it, them talking about what I'm fishing with or whatever, you know, they know, and it's real. It's the real deal. (laughs) And I feel like, I mean, of course, like, regardless of your setting, you can either take, like, the David Foster Wallace, like, Elliot Smith, this whole thing sucks. But it's romantic route, you know what I mean? Like, how, how, how do you, like, see value in something that you're not exactly fond of? Like, do you make it sad but romantic or do you make it happy and romantic not even like romantic and funny and i i feel like yeah i guess that's like the 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 piece about like all art that i think is kind of confusing because i find myself more drawn to dark art mm-hmm. it's not sustainable obviously like all of the great musicians I mean, who produce like somber like morose shit they die young like fucking ian curtis 23 i'm older than ian curtis but for whatever reason i feel like that's i don't know like it's inescapable i like feel it in my shoulders but like i when i, when I like when i'm driving and i like don't want to be emo and i want to like put a smile on my face fucking dj lucas hell yeah or like jack harlow like all of those like dorky dorky like pop pop rap people not to say that you're dorky pop rap no that's fine you're not not (laughs) no i'm I'm, yeah i'm like the least it's hard to offend me (laughs) it's hard to offend me 
but even yeah, like I, wiki I, is dorky <coughs> you know yeah, no, I, I know yeah i feel you like you you get a, a vibe where it's like no it's, it's lyrical that's what's that's why you think it's dorky it's like it's lyrical like it's like it's it's like it's not it's it's tough in a different way you know what i mean it's like it's not aggressive it's like there's something just about it that's just like what like yeah i'm really gonna listen to all these lyrics like this is ridiculous <laughs> like, you know what i mean that's what's dorky about it i feel like and and then also there's like this aspect of we're both northeastern rappers too so it's like it's this old school there's an old school vibe to it where you know i like that but i i feel you i totally understand what you're saying there's I just not a whole I, lot of like i don't li- i'm thinking which i i've like. never yeah yeah I, I don't yeah there's no thought process that's the thing i that's why I'm not good at interviews because I don't know what's going on either. <laughs> You're not not good at interviews. Well, but do yeah, you, um, I haven't done one in a minute. It's good. Have you heard of Jonathan Fire Eater? I brought them up earlier. No. Maybe, say that again. The Walkmen. Have you heard of them too? Yes. 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 So you're 27. You're four years older than me. No, you're three years old. When are you born? I'm 96. I'm 93. All the bands you're naming, I was really into in like ninth, tenth, eleventh grade. You know, like those were the bands I liked that were that were kind of new, not new, but you know, when new, the community I was in was listening to all '80s and '90s music, mostly '90s, right? The, the Dinosaur Juniors and the Pavement and that kind of era. That's ew, what I, I saw. I mean, not I said ew, but I saw Dinosaur Junior live, and they, I saw MGMT with Dinosaur Junior live, and it was the most boring experience of my life. Paid yeah. a lot of money well, for that concert. Too. I love Dinosaur Junior, but. You saw them at they were they're much older. Um, they're they're probably in their fifties when you saw them. I also like don't smoke weed anymore, and I think that has like dramatically changed my like tolerance of music that isn't either like it has to be super powerful, otherwise I get bored. Like I. What's funny is that you saw Dinosaur Junior. Dinosaur Junior is from Amherst. They're from the town that I'm in right now, and they their music kind of set the tone for what this area sounds like. And a lot of bands that you like, for sure, um, from the 2000s, the emo era, their favorite band was Dinosaur Jr. I'm not telling you, like, you have to love them. But if you go back and listen to old Dinosaur Jr., you'll hear what I mean. They're kind of, they call them, they're not prehistoric emo or anything, but they had that vibe in some and ways. hold they on, Pixies, Amherst. Yeah, yeah, Amherst has a lot of bands. And then Orchid, who is a really early screamo band. Um, they, people say they coined the term screamo sometimes. So Orchid was pretty dope. There's a lot of famous bands. And then off of Dinosaur Jr., there's another band called um, Sebado. They're pretty famous. Um, but yeah, Pixies, obviously. They went to UMass. Um, they're not from, from Amherst, but they went to UMass. And, and uh, 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 David Berman, who, from the Silver Jews, who is an amazing songwriter. He went to Amherst College, I think. That guy from Modern Lovers, he's not dead, John- right? Jonathan Richmond. I no, he's not dead. I would know that. My parents uh He's from were, Amherst. Right? Is he from Amherst? Uh, Hold on. No, no, no. From... Remember when I posted something and you were like he's from Am- he's from Amherst. Wasn't that Jonathan not... Richmond? It, it was did you, you say it, that you like that. Probably I liked it, but he's from Boston. I think if not Boston, he's a Boston artist. He's seen as a Boston artist. You're talking about modern lovers, Jonathan Richmond. Yeah. yeah. Roadrunner. Roadrunner from uh, Sesame Street. What would you do if you sucked at making music? Do you feel like you suck at making music? Um, no, like that's a whole, like, even if it's bad, I feel like you would keep making it. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I have enough. Um, I think I have enough, uh, especially at this age 
I have enough uh, self-awareness that I think if it was really bad, I just wouldn't want to put people through that. <laughs> do you like the sound of your voice? No. How do you – wait, you're lying. You have to like it a little bit. You have to think it's tolerable. I've, got, I've gotten it to a point where I think I've, I've gotten my head around it, you know, where I've gotten it acceptable. Like, but I'm used to it. I've been singing uh, at a mic since I was – a child child and my first show of my entire life was opening up for Jonathan Richmond and a lot of lovers which is funny you said that I was like five or six and my dad was maybe that's Mid- how you yeah yeah my dad booked the Middle East in Boston um which is a pretty famous club and and they played and they said we don't have an opener my dad said let my kids open up and I was six or seven or five or something and my brother must have been four or five so that's the show I quit I walked off stage and said I quit I was scared there was like a lot of people there so the recipe for doing this seems to be tolerance of your own voice, recognition of when it's bad and good, and also grinding like it's a nine to five. The biggest thing is that one. I don't think that, I think that you don't have to be born with a talent, an inherent talent for music to be a famous musician. I think that's enough. I think you can learn to do music really well. I think I've seen people who can't make music become songwriters that I like their songs. So it's like, I think that that's a possible thing to do like anything. I think it's a muscle. I think it's like a trained thing. It's like, you might not be able to make the NBA, but you could still get really good at basketball. Like you might not be able to be as good as someone you love in music, but it's, it's more subjective, you know, it's more subjective. In music, and so. I think like this category of art is also still so freaking new, like historically speaking. Yes, I think so too. I think it's just the beginning of, of just digital music in general, like it, it being a, you know, and, and people using their words in different ways and yeah, but people's and attention spans are so short now. I don't know what will, will catch anyone's attention. Yeah. If it was I think my that... job, if like, if it was my job to work for like universal music and identify where the children are going, I think we need like a new rock band. I kid you not. I think we need a new, I mean, I don't love the strokes as you know, but I think we need a new strokes, like a reckless abandon. Like, I don't think like rock, like rock could totally like, especially with TikTok now as a platform, which is obviously like the most consumed um, social media, I think at this point, oh, as far as like all over the world. Really? Probably... I like just use Facebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, I, I just started tapping into TikTok, but it's like, what's different about TikTok versus Instagram is like you put something up on Instagram, like you're really only reaching like probably mainly an American audience. Like when you go on TikTok, you're going to like just immediately start getting like, I like I can look at my songs on TikTok and I can find just videos of people in India, like with my song background, videos in Sri Lanka, videos in China or wherever, you know what I'm saying? Like I just random ass videos of my music. I'm like, Whoa, like I've never seen this before. Like, yeah, so but TikTok that's just like different. surface level exposure. So that's like you get awareness, you get brand awareness when you when you have your music accessed yes. from some some kid in Sri Lanka. But like, but if but if you get it, if you were that song that gets millions and millions of those, and it turns into the dance or it turns into the challenge, those are the songs that will stick in kids' minds the same way the SpongeBob song is stuck in our mind. That's so repulsive to me. It's that's just, like music as a, as a like an addictive commodity. I and that's it. how your and that's how your grandparents felt about when they saw what we were doing. You know, it's just a, unfortunately we're just the old heads just moving quicker. We're the new we're we're the we're the youngest old heads there's ever been, because we're the end of this generation. Like we remember dial up kinda. You know what I mean? Like these kids just had never had to wait for anything. 
like you know it's all about efficiency so we still sort of have that oh back in my day era like idea these kids are just like what what what's an album like, i just see like a song is like a memory almost it's like this thing that you get to carry around with you and yeah i mean i guess you could fill in the blanks with like hit or miss or whatever that fucking tiktok song is but exactly it's just it's, that's that's their memory <laughs> is the tiktoks i do think rock's gonna come back i i think that new york is gonna come uh so like when i was at like our age differential isn't that significant and no. like so that means that you wouldn't have access like post or pre 9-11 new york which i think would be like my neighbor she grew up i'm not she didn't grow up there but like she was working as a as a waitress in like 2001 and she was just saying it was like such like the scene of just like hopping and hopping to clubs and live music and like competition um like artistic competition and like no you know recording whatsoever um I don't know, like, I just that, like, kind of, like, human to human, like, third eye blind, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, like I a, don't know how to strong. express, I don't know how to express, like, the scene that I'm yearning for, but I would desperately love for New York to stop being in this, like, vapid, revolve-based, like, Instagram hellhole, and go back to another type of a hellhole, you know? Because <laughs> I feel like this hellhole isn't worth three thousand dollars a month but the other one might have been <laughs> i feel you i feel you yeah i mean i don't know though i'm not a new yorker so i can't speak on it too much but um uh i think that the internet and the and the, the way things are in the the cost of living in, in major cities is just you know really deterred uh uh diy and local scenes in general and that's what you're kind of talking about probably yeah and it, it was a little bit more luxurious because it was in new york city so it looked a little bit crazy you know, but um, it's pretty much just like a local DIY scene that New York had. But now there's not the same kind of communities in certain neighborhoods. Certain neighborhoods in New York still have probably those communities. But, you know, it's it's tough. But I don't know. I, I, rock music will definitely come back in a, in a, in a heavy way at some point. Um, it's just all cyclical. Everything with music is cyclical. Everything in the world is cyclical pretty much. So I feel like rock will come back uh, it might not be the exact same kind of rock but i think uh instrumental based music will somehow come back um like it is it bass. is significantly less efficient to do it in that way yeah but the thing is sometimes that starts to be cool like you know like recently i've seen tons of little kids on bikes like I think there's just like a certain click in my town that's just like yo we love bikes like all the kids <laughs> for the last for my la the last couple of generations they've just been on Fortnite you know what I'm saying so I'll be yeah. like now I'm like oh all these 11 year olds are on bikes though weird like all of them like they're everywhere so it's like that's cool like they like so you know maybe some it just takes one or two clicks of kids and then it grows from there sometimes and it then, takes and parents the buying their kids instruments and forcing them mm -hmm, to hang out mm -hmm. in the garage. And I'm sure schools will start to push music less because of the digital era, which is kind of pretty unfortunate too. Um, when I was growing up, um, they forced me to play, you know, an instrument in school. So even though I was doing all this cool instrument stuff at home, I was never that good at instruments ever, but uh, I was just more of a songwriter. 
and my parents made me play piano, you know, and the school made me play whatever I wanted to do. So I chose trombone, you know, and then I played bass a little bit. When did you start learning piano? When I was pretty young, like six. That's probably amazing. From six to like 14. You're so lucky. You're so lucky. Yeah, I think that that's one thing I'll definitely make my kids do, because I think that if you learn piano, you just have an understanding for music. You yes. understand how all the, the, the notes work and stuff and what things mean. So that was cool to learn the language. Like, I don't know how to read music right now, but I could learn over, like in an hour. I don't read think that's now. necessary. Like music mm-hmm. theory isn't necessary. But learning how to read music like that shit is pretty cool, though. Because then I can just go into like a diner and just like pull up some music, throw it down, play. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Or something. <laughs> crazy. Well, I think our thing is about to expire at 40 minutes. Um, this was a rather riveting conversation, and I hope it was recorded. I'm going to end the recording right now. Okay, bye. I'm not going to hang up the Zoom.